Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Today on the podcast, you're going to hear from Mary Hyatt. She is a personal life and business coach. She helps people get into the raw side of themselves, fall back in love, and believe in their potential. Seriously, it was such a joy to hear from Mary. You are going to love this episode. Yeah, creative entrepreneurs, seriously, this one was recorded for you. We talk about how to stay in a place of inspiration so you can keep putting out valuable content, why you're in a creative funk, and how to get that creative white space back. Mary also breaks down the bear method. So we're talking about believing in something so it actually happens. It's a little woo-woo, but a lot mindset and just a lot of confidence building. We're talking about the mythical balance, how you can kind of blend your life and really what you need to have at the front and fore center of your mind before you can really tackle anything in your business. And she really breaks down some actionable steps on how to make that happen. We know that we're always in here believing in you and saying that you can do anything, but Mary's really helpful in actually breaking down tactical ways that you can do that in your day-to-day life and in your business to create the life and the lifestyle that you really love. So we're super excited. Hey, everybody. We are here with Mary Hyatt. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, this has been seriously the excitement of my week. I've been looking forward to it all day, every day. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're pumped to have you here and we're excited to kind of touch on a subject that I feel like we don't talk about very much because it's not super businessy. It's really about taking care of yourself and really finding that personal balance and getting into that wellness piece and finding a way to get creative again and feel like yourself in the midst of all the crazy that's going on. So I'm curious how you're able to really stay in a place of inspiration while being able to deliver the best content possible. Yeah, I love that question because as entrepreneurs, and especially at the beginning, you guys know, like you're doing everything yourself. I was just talking to my boyfriend earlier today and I was laughing because I was like, we don't have a team that's do, you know, doing all the graphics and getting the emails out or whatever. I mean, we're, you know, doing every single little thing and that creates kind of a crazy environment and oftentimes a recipe for a lot of burnout. And as women, if you are a mom or, you know, you've got stuff that you're doing at the house, you're taking care of kids, maybe you're already working another job just to make ends meet at the beginning. So there's a lot going on. And to be at a place where you can stay inspired for the craft that you're doing, for what you're passionate about, it gets harder and harder. I think the more you shift into the business side, like there's two parts of 
moving forward in your business. You have your passion, you have what you're naturally good at, you have what brings you joy. And then there's the business side of actually selling it, getting it out in front of people. And the business side oftentimes is going to zap your energy. It's going to leave you feeling exhausted and defeated and like, how am I going to get all this stuff done and still be excited about what I'm doing? So I'm a life coach. And so one of the things that I work with with my clients is trying to bring them back to the point of inspiration. And I kind of want to make a distinction because I think there's a big difference between inspiration and motivation Mm -hmm. to get you the results that you want. You actually need both. And oftentimes we talk a lot about motivation. We'll just stay motivated, get motivated, get your team motivated, have your customers motivated to buy what you're selling. Motivation, motivation, motivation. But I feel like that misses a really crucial step in the process, which is inspiration. So to me, it's kind of like a formula. You have to have inspiration plus motivation to actually get you what you want. And it's sort of like if you're lighting a fire, the inspiration is that spark and the motivation is sort of the fuel to keep that going. And everybody's personal inspiration to bring them to a place of motivation is going to be unique to them. It's kind of like their own internal inspiration trigger. Like what is that for you? So I think it's it's important to get clear on what it is that inspires you in the first place. Yeah, I think we talk with our audience all the time about not only understanding your why, but the why is easy. It's your surface level. It's the like the gut response that you have when someone asks you, well, why do you do what you do? But we really try to encourage everyone to dig past that, your why behind your why. Why do you continue to do these things and what is the drive? So do you have any personal tidbits for people? I know, like we tell them all the time, like dig past that and dig deeper, but what are some exercises people can actually try to find that that inner why and that deeper why, the ultimate goal behind what they're even doing here? Yeah, I have a couple of things that I want to share with you guys that I think are really useful. And one is identifying the feeling that you're after. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Danielle Laporte, The Designer mm-hmm. Map, but I freaking love that book. It has been a lifesaver to me. For yep, it's on my nightstand all the time. So mm-hmm. good. Oh my gosh. I love her truth bombs. She's just incredible. So one of the things that I have pulled out of what she teaches is this kind of concept of the core desired feelings that everybody who is working at achieving a goal isn't actually after the achievement of the goal itself. They're after what they think the feeling is that they're going to get from achieving that goal. That's what I have been trying to put into words for the past like six months for our people. So thanks. Thank you for saying that. So expand upon that thought. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I love, I love when it clicks. You're like, yes, this is so great. (laughs) Yeah. So you're after the feeling because what happens is, is our feelings are always going to drive more action. And at the end of the day, it's asking ourselves the question, what is going to bring us joy? How do I really want to feel? What feels magnetic? What feels fun? What feels good? Because that's ultimately what we are after. We're trying to get ourselves out of a place of desperation on some level. And we think that by achieving something new, it will shift how we feel and the state that we're living in in our lives. Like that's what we're all after is the shift in our state. And our state is just how we operate in the world, our energy that we come at the world with, just that state of being. And we want that to shift because there's some sort of level where we go, this isn't really good enough. Like I need to do more because I want to shift that. So if you can anchor into what am I really after? What am I really wanting to feel at the end of the day? Do I want to feel more ease? Do I want to feel more peace? Do I want to feel more fulfillment, more joy? Whatever that is, that's what we're after. And so for me, I look at anything that I do and I said, okay, what is my anchoring non-negotiable feeling? And that's how I sort of filter the decisions in my life. Does this, like, let's say my anchoring non-negotiable feeling is joy. So when I'm saying yes to different projects or yes to becoming or go on to different podcasts or creating something special for a client or a customer, is this going to bring me joy? Is the end result joy? Because that's what I'm after. And if the answer is no, then I say, 
so grateful, but thanks, but no thanks, you know, and I, and I shift and that becomes that anchoring non-negotiable feeling. So the first piece of sort of connecting to that inspiration is saying, okay, how do I want to feel? What's that deeper level piece like you're talking about? And then the second exercise that I typically walk people through is understanding their leverage. So deepening your leverage is one of the most powerful things that you can do as an entrepreneur. I was actually working with my wealth manager a couple weeks ago and we were talking about, okay, I'm putting this amount of money in savings and this amount of money in my checking account and business account and just working through all those financials. And one of the things he said to me, which I thought was so brilliant, he said, make sure that you keep the balance in your checking account really, really low. And like stick the rest of whatever you have left over in savings where you can't see it. And I thought, oh my God, that's so interesting. Why is that? And he said, because you as an entrepreneur want to feel the pain that there's like a need to go out and do more work, to create new things, to get out there where you say there's a little bit of pain of a low balance in my in my bank account that I need to go out and do something. If we get too comfortable, if there's not enough pain, we don't have enough leverage to want to move forward. So if you are feeling like, oh my God, I'm stuck. Like my inspiration is gone. I don't know how to move forward. The quickest thing that you can do is deepen your leverage. And that is basically associating massive pain with not changing now and then looking at massive pleasure for changing immediately. Like I can't stay here another day or I'm going to freak out or I can't launch that product, you know, for another couple of weeks. I have to do that absolutely now because the pain that it's causing me in the present is so great, so big, so uncomfortable, so icky that I have to get out of that. So deepening the leverage, identifying, and sometimes you kind of have to like play it up. Mm-hmm. In your mind, like make it a movie, make it feel worse than maybe it is so that you get uncomfortable enough that you want to go create change and go do something, create something, launch something so that you actually get it out there. Well, it, it's interesting here from your perspective, because looking back now, that's exactly what we went through a couple months ago for many months when we were asking ourselves, why were we hitting this kind of wall in our business, both financially and both like expanding our audience and our reach and all of that stuff. And it's because we realized we had just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And we were getting the stuff that we were comfortable with, but we wanted more than that. And we wanted to push past that. And so it went from literally zero to 60, where we changed everything of how we launched, how we delivered content, how we built our tribe and new subscribers, how much money we spent during a launch, how much time and focus we spent, like it was just like, it's all or nothing. We have to try all of these things. We have to do it completely different this time, or I'm going to pull my hair out. And it's just interesting hearing her explain it like that, because that's what we well, went through. When you were talking about the wanting joy, I'm like, gosh, well, we both just want comfort and happiness. And we want just this lifestyle. And I can't put my finger on the exact like adjective just yet. I'm definitely going to work on it. Don't, <laughs> don't you mind me. But It's interesting because I was literally just about to ask, like, how do you get to the next level Mm -hmm. then if you're always seeking this thing? But now you're like leverage. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Okay, then. (laughs) All right. I guess this is what we do. So how, you know, when that when you have to push forward, when the thing you want, it doesn't necessarily you have, you're like, I think it's going to bring me this thing. I think it's going to bring me success. I think it's going to bring me joy. I think it's going to bring this thing. How can you convince yourself that that's truth? And not just something that you made up in your head. (laughs) Great question. I love that. I mean, let's be honest. Being an entrepreneur is a lot of trying things out. A lot of making stuff up in your head. Like, like, I don't know. (laughs) Let's see if this works. I mean, it's hilarious, really. When you, if you could like peel back the layers and actually expose what being an entrepreneur looks like and creating your own business it's hysterical. I mean, nobody knows what the heck they're doing. They're just, you know, trying out different things and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing, and I think this is what you're hitting on, is that you have to be convinced that that action that you're going to take is actually going to give you what you want. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to this model that I love that I just work my whole business around, honestly, my whole life around, which is this acronym called BEAR, B-E-A-R. 
A-R. And I love this because it kind of hits at what you're talking about, where the B stands for belief, the E stands for emotions, the A stands for actions, and the R stands for results. And so basically, it's a kind of a linear model where you say, I, depending on what I believe and what I think or how I interpret something, that's going to generate an emotion. That's going to generate a feeling. And depending on how I feel, then I'm going to take action based on that feeling, which is then going to give me the result of, of what I'm doing. So if you go to, if you think to yourself, okay, I need to feel confident in order to go book a couple, you know, podcast guest episodes, for example, then what would I need to think? What would I need to believe in order to feel confident enough to go take that right action to actually get booked on these podcasts? So the belief, the thought is the most important thing. And oftentimes when we start creating those thoughts and we create those beliefs, they're not really believable. I mean, sometimes you create them and you're like, well, I don't actually know if that's true or maybe that's not right or maybe that's wrong. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, you get to choose what that is. You get to choose what you believe. And the more you repeat that to yourself, I work with people who are dealing with a lot of body image issues and coming to a place of like loving themselves. And so we do a lot of work around that self-talk towards your body, towards loving the body that you're in now, no matter what size that is. And sometimes they don't believe their words yet. Sometimes they're going to say it and they're like, well, this is, this is, you know, just total lies. (laughs) But the more you say it on repeat over and over and over again, it actually creates new neurological pathways within your brain where you do end up believing it. That's the only reason you believe what you believe right now mm-hmm. is because you've said those same thoughts to yourself over and over and over again. Well, then you stop questioning it after a while. And that's well, kind of the process. And I want to I wanna touch on a, a thought. I, th- I feel like a lot of our audience, and I've, I've done this as well, I've done it in my personal life and business, And so maybe you can have some tactics on how to reverse this. I feel like a lot of people wait for results before they believe it. They want to see the stats and the number and the outcome before they're like, okay, I am good at this thing. Okay, I can have a business. Okay, I can be on other podcasts. So how can we get back to the proper order instead of just waiting to be validified by online stuff, especially for us to keep going? Yeah. And I think that there's, there's some truth to that in the sense that you get that external feedback reward that says, yes, this is working and you go, great, I'm going to do more of this or, oh my God, this is not working. So I'm going to change it up, do less. But if you think about it, whatever that, that action was or whatever that result is. So let's say you increase your followers by a thousand people on Instagram. Okay. That actually that result and to go, okay, this works. That had to start with a thought. So the thought had to be, it might be possible that I could get a thousand new followers if I did X, Y, Z. So it actually did start with a thought. So no result happens outside of our belief and our thought. And so now that can strengthen that thought that can, you know, give it some weight and create confidence that, okay, yes, this is, this is good. I'm on the right track, but ultimately it starts with the vision and the thought when you're looking at creating something, it's the thought that births the creation. You cannot create anything without the thought that you can do it or that it's possible. The idea, the thought belief is the first step in creating everything. So the stronger you can make that vision. And for me, I manipulate that in my brain. I know that if I can make that vision brighter, stronger, more realistic, really emotionally compelling, like super exciting, and I want to get there, then that is going to generate so much positive emotion, so like the the strongest feeling you could imagine that will propel me into action that's going to give me that result. Now, I may need to tweak that action a little bit, but ultimately it's that vision piece at the beginning. You have to like play that up. And if you think about it, athletes know this. Athletes know like the performance all starts with, with visualizing. 
and they go into meditation and they visualize, you know, Tiger Woods visualizes, you know, getting a hole in one and he sees it at, I don't really follow golf y'all. So you know, the, the tour that they go on, I don't know, but like he's visualizing that. Right. You know? And so for example, for me, anytime that I want to speak at something or like right now I'm creating this online course all centered around making peace with the mirror and body love. I have to visualize that end result. I have to visualize people purchasing my content, people signing up for the VIP option, people handing me money, seeing that amount in the bank. I have to see that all the pieces come together easily and effortlessly. Like it is the energy that I can generate in my mind and my beliefs that give me that result. Like it always starts there. Mm -hmm. I think so many of us go into it thinking that if I just do the work, it doesn't matter what I believe, the results will happen anyway. But I think oftentimes, if we don't believe in ourselves, even if we do the work, we're self sabotaging Mm -hmm. the results. And it can be it can be a terrible, you know, kind of cycle to be in because you can be putting in a lot of effort but like doubting that you're going to get where you want to go and then you don't get where you want to go. And that's so frustrating. Oh gosh, it is. And I hate seeing that in people's journeys because yeah, they're putting in so much effort. They're working so hard to create something and it's the beliefs that keep them stuck. So if I'm putting in, you know, 40 hours a week, on this project. But at the end of the day, I believe in my core that women shouldn't make more money than their husbands. Mm-hmm. I'm going to self-sabotage on some level. Yeah. Or if I believe that, you know, women ultimately should stay at home and not have a job and whatever. Or ultimately, if I believe that I'm not being a good mother, if I really continue mm-hmm. with this project or that ultimately that there's not enough money to be had out there or that people would be crazy to hand me their money. All of those sort of below the surface beliefs are going to keep you stuck because they're polar opposite to the action that you're taking. So it's just like it roadblocks. It becomes a roadblock mm-hmm. for the process where you kind of have to link up your beliefs with your action. The effort has to match the belief and when you're stuck, I always feel like that's a perfect time to look at, okay, what belief is keeping me stuck? What's the underbelly to this whole situation that I'm actually afraid of? Where's the fear? Where's the doubt? What am I really scared of? And that's the perfect place to press in and to do some some deep shift work. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that that also helped us in our recent kind of rehashing how we launched things. I think originally we had both sat and chatted for over a year of we want to reach this financial goal. Like that's the ultimate thing. Like we just want to say that we've, you know, made this much and make more than our husbands and like just reach this big milestone because it was very important for us. And then we reached it. And so then it was like, okay, so we're just going to keep going along and like, that's fine. But we didn't realize we had to assign another bigger picture after that. And we had to assign a different drive of like, okay, great. If we reach these things, why are we still doing it? And so we like truly sat down and like asked ourselves, okay, we reached the financial goal. Are we done? Like we can be done now, right? Like that's we checked it off, but we wanted to keep creating content and we wanted to keep growing. So what was that purpose? And you guys can listen to that. We, I don't know what episode number it was, but we talk about our why behind our why and, and us being in the business of helping other women succeed at their business. And I think it was a big eye opener for us that that was our actual purpose for us to keep doing this thing. Yeah. You have to update your why you have to update. Well, why does it matter? It's every time you hit that next level, you have to up level, you have to up level and you have to shift and update and change or else you do get stuck or else you do get stagnant. And I'm experiencing that exact same thing right now. I hit the largest goal that I've ever hit. I'm super satisfied, so proud of myself, just super excited. Mm -hmm. And I know that the success of being an entrepreneur actually is being in that uncomfortable spot when you're trying something new when you are getting outside of your comfort zone and you're going, okay, that was great, but I don't want to like peak at mm-hmm. 31. Right. I don't right. want to be like at the pinnacle of my career at 31. Like mm-hmm. what fun is that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and if that were all that I wanted, then like you said, okay, done. I can check that 
box off and I can go Mm -hmm. home. But ultimately, I find fulfillment in the creation, in the chase, in the the broadening, the the expanding. And so for me, it's what's that next level? How can I bring myself to the the new vision and create that in a way that is so motivating and so exciting? And I think it has to be so emotionally overwhelmingly compelling mm-hmm. to get you off the chair or off the couch or whatever to go get uncomfortable again, go struggle again, try out stuff that you have no no knowledge of, and then, you know, figure your way out through it. It's got to be, it's got to be worth it. You know, it's got to really matter. And so you do, I think as an entrepreneur, you got to pause very often and go, okay, is this still motivating me? Do I still feel inspired by this? And if the answer is no, then I got to create a different vision in my mind Mm -hmm. that can help create that kind of inspiration. And I think that's really important for a large chunk of our audience to hear because a lot of our people are working nine to fives and their creative passion is their side hustle. And it might be like a goal that they don't quite believe in yet might happen of them being able to leave their nine to five and go after their creative passion full time and be profitable and sustainable with that. And obviously that's what we're here to try to help them with. But I think For those of you who are still in that limbo of having kind of two separate identities and lives where you're working your day job and then you're working your creative hustle, this is super important for you to absolutely believe and see, like literally close your eyes and visualize what it's going to look like when you're not going to that nine to five and when you're working your creative hustle full time and being fulfilled with that in a profitable way. I think so many people come into our audience say, well, if this happens or I don't like I don't even know how much money I would need because they don't want to crunch the numbers yet. And so it's it's not putting truth behind that to make it actually happen. Yeah. And I think they kind of take themselves out of the game before they even step yeah. off the field. It's like, well, sure. I can't do this. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to attempt it. And ultimately it's like that leverage isn't strong enough. I mean, you got to really get so crystal clear on what is it costing you by having mm-hmm. to work nine to five? What is it costing you to have to do both? What are you missing out on? How is it affecting the quality of your relationships? You know, where is your energy? Where is your health? All the things that are going to negatively impact you. Cause ultimately, you know, you want to pursue something that's going to give you life. You want to feel more freedom, time, freedom, financial freedom, and where you're currently at. It's got to feel icky. It's got to feel super uncomfortable. Because if, if you could do this for the rest of your life where you could work nine to five and do your creative work on the side, then like you're only going to go so far with your creative work because yep. it isn't your priority. It's not what you're obsessing about. There's only so, amount of, so much amount of energy to give that. And so it's like in your mind, you got to go, this is like come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. I am committed. And I think that when you're committed to something you take all of the other options off the table and it shifts yep. from a hobby to a profession. And Absolutely. so when you get to that place, you go, okay, like I'm not just going to try this out and see if it works and then decide to continue or not. I will do it until it works. And that is a really subtle mind shift, but to me makes or breaks success. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important, I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com slash shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com slash shift to claim your spot. 
Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, when it does start working, and I think going back to the, when you do reach a level where you're like, oh, like this is what I've been picturing and now I'm here and I don't know what to do next. Like, how do you... You throw a party, first of all. Well, yes. (laughs) But how do you start transitioning? How do you, like when you are pushing yourself harder than you thought would you ever would, because it's like so far past your original vision of your life. How do you still balance? I hate the word balance, like with a passion, I Mm -hmm. hate the word balance. But how do you still have those life moments? How do you still add in, you know, time with kids or time with your husband or like going on vacation? How do you find like, do you, have you figured out the magic potion that no one else knows? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I have done so many different strategies and techniques mm-hmm. to try to figure out, okay, what's like the magic formula. And I think ultimately this is super unique to every individual, but it really requires, as does everything, slowing down, asking yourself, what is the quality of life that I actually want? Like if I could design my life exactly the way that I would want it, trusting, and this is where like the belief part comes in, trusting that no matter what I choose, I can still be successful and still have a fulfilling life on the side as well. Like that has to be the fundamental belief that that, I don't like the word balance either. So I love that you said that, but the quote unquote balance, this elusive balance, like that you can have essentially kind of have it all. That has to be the fundamental belief. At the, at the beginning of the day. And then you go, okay, mm-hmm. if I know that I can design this any way that I want and it's going to work out, then where do I want to spend my time? What is so important to me? What would make me come alive? What to me, again, are my non-negotiables in my self-care? And then you look at the amount of time remaining that is going to go towards your work. And it, it does work. Like I know for me, I have to have mornings that are free. So I do not work until 10 a.m. every mm-hmm. single day. That gives me time to wake up really leisurely. It gives me time to go work out if I want to or to read something or journal. And I don't have a everyday morning routine that's the same. I love variety. So every day is intuitive living for me. What do I need today? What, what's, what am I needing? What's my body asking for? But I give myself several hours before I like get in front of my computer or take appointments and start working. And then I am usually done, I would say latest by three o'clock. Like we're doing this interview, it'll be done at two o'clock my time and I'm done for the day. And I'm going to go take a nap after this. (laughs) I'm going to go have a cocktail after that. And I'm going to enjoy my weekend. And so for me, it's like, I don't want to live a life where I'm working 24 seven and I can't enjoy it. I love beauty. I love life. I love experiencing it all. So my non-negotiables are really, really clear when it comes to my time. So I think the the main question is, what's the quality of life that I want to have? And then deconstruct it kind of from there. Mm -hmm. How do you give yourself permission? I think a lot of people, they are so caught up on the goal that they're like, well, I'm not there yet. So I'm not allowed to take care of myself until I get there. And then they 
pick a bigger goal. And so they end up never taking care of themselves. And so how do you balance, I, again, balance, I'm going <laughs> to blend. It, was, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense in the context. Of what I'm to say it. How do you give yourself that personal wellness? How do you like take care of your health and like, you know, like I'm as simple as, you know, showering regularly mm-hmm. and eating meals. Like I can't tell you how many times I've skipped lunch mm-hmm. in the process of building this business, but that's something I want. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to eat lunch every day. Totally. And if, I love food. We talk about this like every episode. <laughs> I love food and I want to have that time back. And so how do you, you know, strive for more time for yourself and still be able to get that level of success you're after. Yeah, I think that it's really about slowing it down. What feels really counterintuitive when you're trying to create a goal, get to a goal, it's it's this balance truly between hustle and flow. And you have to have both. It's like that masculine energy, which is the do, 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 like, go achieve, make it happen. And then you have this feminine energy, which is able to sit, which is able to breathe, which is able to bring beauty into something. And I think as women, we have to meet with both of those energies together. We have to blend them together. And I know for me, the reason I got into the work that I do is because I hit massive burnout. And I was like in that whole experience where you sprint, Burnout, recover because you have to get back up, sprint, and then you get you know you get sick, you something happens, and you have to recover. But it's did that for years. Oh, it's so miserable. It's so miserable. And I remember my friend told me she said, "You're going to be on a marathon, and the goal is to finish the marathon. And you can either show up bloody, bruised, out of breath, sweating like crazy, exhausted, or." You can show up where you kind of, you found your pace, you found that rhythm that is you're still going, you're still cranking, but your heart rate regulates, you're not sweating so much, you're able to maintain your energy and you show up still at the finish line, just like everybody else, but you're not battered and bruised. And I think that that image was really clear to me because I thought, yeah, I guess if I really slow down and think about it, I don't want to end up at the, at the finish line bruised and sweaty and bleeding and exhausted and never want to do another marathon again. <laughs> I don't want that. End up res- you resent yourself. Like you, you almost hate the process more because it, it was supposed to bring you joy. Like in your instance, it was supposed to bring you joy, but then you get there, but you spent, you worked yourself like a workhorse. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you, you lost the joy in the process. And I just believe that the joy should be a part of the process. Like that's why, again, it goes back to those feelings. If I'm not feeling joy through the process, then it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, the quality of life that I want to have, my anchoring non-negotiable is to have joy in my life. And if I'm working so hard for something, it's it's really not worth it. And I And I think to myself, okay, if I delayed this a month out and that gave me time to rest a little bit more, be with kids, be with whatever, then that would feel so much better. I'm still going to finish. I'm completely 100% committed, non-negotiable, going to do it. But it gives you the ability to just slow down. And I think that you have to prioritize self-care. And I think a lot of us eventually do that after we've gotten to Mm -hmm. that breaking point. But there has to be the belief that there is more to life than just work. Well, and I think you not only have to prove that to yourself, but especially as a creative entrepreneur or someone who owns your own business and you're working from home, you also kind of have to, or you feel like, at least I do, have to prove to others that you're designing a business that I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. and go drive somewhere, come home at 6 p.m., tired, cranky, complaining about my job, working whenever I want or working in those hours. I can design how I want it to look like. And I not only have to convince myself that I have that freedom, but other people in my life. Like, if their jobs are demanding or if their life is a certain way, that's not on me. And I don't have to create a life that mirrors theirs just to fit in or just to do the norm. And I think so many people in our audience like feel that way with their family or close friends where they feel guilty for taking that time for themselves because other people don't get to. Yeah. And that's, I so get that. I really do get that. And I feel like 
that's the gift of what we're doing. You do get to design it how you want it. And there's nothing that is going to turn people off more than that just exhausted hustle, stress as a status symbol. That's just not sexy. <laughs> you know, nope. it's like, I don't want to live that life. And I'm sure nope. as heck not going to do what you're doing if that is the end result, because I want to enjoy my life. And it is, it is going against the grain. It is choosing to enjoy your life when most people are miserable. But gosh, I would so much rather be criticized for that and be enjoying my life than playing the game that everybody is at trying to earn love by the amount of work that I'm doing that I just end up lonely, exhausted at the end. Like it's that to me isn't worth it. But I do believe you can do both. Like I am an incredibly successful entrepreneur and I have a wonderful life. Like you can mm-hmm. do it. It's just, you know, it's trade-offs. It's, it's choosing to believe that you can still create something amazing. Even if you go take that break and you take a nap or you stop and you eat your lunch and you enjoy it and you sit down and you just really revel in that lunch. Like it's not going to cost you your success. I think some of us feel so guilty mm-hmm. for you know, you do get to a point where even if you are striving for the next thing, you have reached enough success that other people become jealous of the life that you live. And it's hard because you don't want, I mean, you never intended to create a life that someone else would envy, but you enjoy your life and you're not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And and some people I do think try to hide their happiness oh, or yeah. like or their day-to-day freedom put it on their back burner or they, you know, like they don't want people to know that they go to Target at 10 a.m. on <laughs> Tuesday because someone might judge them for it. Yeah. And like that's stupid. Well, as women we do that all the time. We make ourselves small so that we don't offend anyone. Mm -hmm. And my theme for this year is I want to see how good it can get. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's going to be threatening to some people, but I also know that that's equally going to give a lot of people permission to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And part of my joy and, and feel like my calling is to show people how good it can be that you don't have to tolerate. And anytime that something rubs somebody the wrong way, it's just an indicator that they actually really want that. And they're just unclear how to get that yet. And sometimes that can be a really beautiful awakening for people. So I don't even look at people judging me for, you know, getting my nails done at two o'clock on a Thursday or whatever as, as negative. I think, okay, that's the beginning of their awareness that they're in some discomfort and they might want to shift something or change something. And I, I can't be codependent enough to take care of that for them. Like it's their choice, whether they, explore that or they just stay angry at me and project. But ultimately, I want to shine as bright as I can shine because I know at the end of the day, that is going to change more lives and create Mm -hmm. more goodness in the world than by me playing small and quieting my voice, tempering myself to make sure that I don't offend anybody. And I just think that that's worth it. I mean, for me, I'm just going to be as bright and as beautiful as I possibly can and live an incredible life and show people that it's possible that a normal person from Nashville, Tennessee, who doesn't know anything about business when she started can create this life also. Yeah. I think that that mindset is something I've been, you know, dealing with the past year of, of talking more about the success of our business or just different things that we're trying and doing in my personal life and on, on social media in my personal life, because it, it did feel weird. I, I dealt for so many years of explaining how I made money as a creative or not making money as a creative and hating it, but knowing that it could be something great. So still doing it and believing that it could change and believing that it could be my full-time job that I, I spent so long explaining that and hiding like the non-successful parts that if I'm just now over the past, honestly, six to eight months, finally being like, you know what? We've done a lot of awesome shit. And I feel like people need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hear you're a little good at pep talks. So I hear you might be able to help people fall back in love with themselves a little bit and believe in their potential. So 
for the next couple minutes, I'm just like gonna give you the floor <laughs> and tell them why they need to believe in their potential. Oh my gosh, I love this. Well, one of the things that I see all the time in women particularly is that we think we have to earn love by what we do, that there's a fundamental belief that we are not enough and that we're not lovable. So, so much of this process is like we're trying to earn love. And so we are working harder than we might want to, or we're doing things that aren't in alignment with with who we really are because we're trying to earn this. And so my encouragement or my, you know, I don't know, word of whatever today is like, (laughs) you are no more lovable today than you were when you were born. Like you cannot earn love and you cannot lose love. And I think about like a little baby and when you are a tiny baby and you come out of the womb and you're just sitting there and you're crying and you're breastfeeding and you're pooping and that's all you do. Okay. I mean, that's like, that's the existence of your life and your mother just loves you. And she's just so excited to look at you and kiss you and just Google and Google all over you. And you're not doing anything. You're not bringing anything to the world. You're just, you're just (laughs) not doing anything, baby. You're not doing anything, baby. You're just existing. But like, that's lovable. And then like, I think about what if your mom had waited to love you until you started to walk? And she said, I can't love you until you stand up until you walk. Or I'm not going to love you until you say your first word. And jibber jabber doesn't count. You know, if you're talking about walking, you know, if you get up and you fall down or you crawl, that doesn't count. Like you have to get to that place. And so often, like, first of all, that would be crazy, right? I mean, that's just, that's (laughs) rude. So rude. Come on, mom. And, you know, for us, it's like, we put that condition on ourselves all the time until we do this, until we do that, I can't love myself. And this, this journey of really stepping into who you were created to be and all the gifts and all the unique talents and who you are, the uniqueness of you is so lovable before you create anything, before you achieve anything, that this journey, if it can spring out of the the abundance of the love you have for yourself, the journey is so much more enjoyable versus it feeling like you're hustling and you're grinding and you have to do it and I'm not worthy and I'm not worth it. I'm not enough. And so I've got to earn it. I've got to do more and more and more. It's a very different energy. And so my encouragement is to spend that time on yourself and cultivating more of that self-love, more of that self-acceptance and know that you can't lose love and you can't earn love that you, by just being you, exist in love already. You are love. And when your work, when your inspiration, when your creativity can come out of that place, you can move freaking mountains. Like it is Mm -hmm. magic. It is such magic. And we all have that ability to do that. And yeah, it takes work and it takes a lot of healing to come back to a place of self-acceptance and love. But there's to me no more important journey than that because it allows everything else to just click, to just move in and work on all cylinders and it just ends up being an incredible, beautiful end result and end product. Well, guys, all you have to do is be a baby and eat, sleep, and poop. That's it. <laughs> For who you are and what you oh do in life. Oh my gosh. I love it. Chalk strategy to me? Yeah, I would love to hear like three to five action steps for someone who is in the burnout, who is needing some creative white space to get putting out some better content and get their passion back. What are what are some ways we can do that? Yeah, so the worst thing you can do is try to push through that because nothing good is going to come out of that burnout brain. So mm-hmm. the best thing you can do, number one, is to slow down and ask yourself in the moment, whether you're crying, whether you're freaking out, whether you're sick, and just slow down and say, what do I need right now? What do I need? What does my body need? Do I need to take a nap? Do I need to take a bath? Do I need to eat something? Do I need to take three days off and just go to the beach? Whatever it is, what do I need right now? Yeah. Everybody says yes to the beach. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that is so key. It's like instinct says to push through it. But in this case, when you're at burnout, you have to rest. You have to slow down. So number one is slow down. Ask yourself, what do I need? The second piece is to reconnect to your vision, to cultivate that heart piece, that inspiration piece, and to really ask yourself, okay, why does this matter? What is going to bring me joy? Reconnect to the joy. When you're in burnout, 
what you've been doing isn't fun anymore. It's exhausting. You're over it. So you have to reconnect to the joy. And part of how you do that is by envisioning the pleasure you're going to receive, like that leverage part. You're in the pain. So envision the pleasure. What's it going to give you? What's going to open up that hasn't opened up yet? What are going to be the benefits? What are the exciting things that are going to happen? Really reconnect with with the joy piece of that. And I think the third piece is going back to identifying that non-negotiable core feeling. How do I want to feel? And so all of this can be done through journaling, slowing down, just journaling it out, taking 30 minutes in that moment. What do I need? Let me reconnect to my vision. What is it that brings me joy? Even creating a list side by side. What brings me joy in my business? What burns me out in my business? And for the next 20 days, 15 days, I I decide that for the next 15 days, I'm not going to do anything on this list that burns me out. I'm giving myself a detox of burnout mm-hmm. and only doing the things that bring you joy for, for at least two weeks. And then the third piece is anchoring into that feeling and just journaling that out and just committing to yourself. I commit that I will not say yes to anything that doesn't bring me X, Y, Z feeling. I love it. Uh, So great. Thank you so much, Mary. We want to know people are obviously going to want to follow you at all of the places because that was amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Tell us where they can hang out with you online. Absolutely. Okay. So the best place to find me is maryhyatt.com forward slash strategy hour. So you guys get your own little link, which is so great. And there you're going to find that I do a Facebook live show that's just like an online video podcast every single week, Wednesdays at one o'clock central on my Facebook page. So you can link to it from there. Find me on Instagram, y'all. I freaking love Instagram. I do Instagram stories. I love it. So you can find me there, Mary G. Hyatt. And then if you just stay connected to me through Facebook or Instagram, you'll find out about my upcoming course that comes out in July, which is all about making peace with the mirror, quieting that inner bully and coming to a place of loving your body again. So maryhyatt.com forward slash strategy hour. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.